0: And welcome to a chat in the garden with monique a j Smith, West Nikins Blooms here on Survival Radio Network. Hey, um I just want to do a couple of recaps. We had a great advanced Academy mastermind on Sunday. Do yourself a favor and pick up the book. Don't leave money on the table. Negotiating Strategies for Women Leaders in Male-Dominated Industries. We were blessed with 90 Minutes with the author, Jacqueline Twilley, and uh, we had been studying the book for the last quarter, uh, so this was the third, um, third session with it, and uh, we were friends, or we connected, rather, on LinkedIn and I uh, made some comments about what the learnings we were getting uh, from the previous two sessions, and uh, she made some comments. And I did a book review on Amazon, and she said, uh, or I asked her, did she want to join us for the third session? She said, sure. People, a blessing. She gave out individual advice for uh, members that were on live, and we did do a recording. So, this is what you get when you join the advanced academy i I mean i cannot i mean I love you all on the podcast, and the podcast is more uh, about individuals in their career path and uh so if you have it wanna you know advice about those type of things, yeah, you know we got six years and they're all free and uh you know they're um you know you can go get them by going to chatnagarten or within the uh, Facebook group, you just type in replays. Of, of course, you can get it Blog Talk Radio, but to really get down to some skills um, levels, the Advanced Academy is, is where you need to be. And we do meet every third Sunday via Zoom at 9 p.m. Um, the Advanced Academy includes all of the previous recordings, so that's really uh, three years. Um, It's like 20-plus videos or webinars or lessons. And then you get a one-on-one with me every quarter. Plus you get uh, resources such as this book. Um, And you get me and and me by myself talking about a certain book or lesson. um, Or we go ahead and uh, bring in a special guest and I call them guest experts, such as we did on um, Sunday. And so I'm just really glad that I can uh, have enough connections to bring really some meat to our clients. And next, the next quarter we are concentrating on something that came about from the discussion about negotiating. I noticed that many people didn't really know, you know, one of the strategies says, you know, Uh, Know you're a walking away point. And uh, many of the clients just didn't know what that was. They said, you know, enough to um, sustain myself. I said, what's that number? And they didn't know what that number was. So, folks, even if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a, uh, um, many of you all are here, are athletic administrators, you got to know your numbers, people. You gotta know your numbers, you just can't guess and just hope um you gotta know uh, it, it, I want you to really really uh take this into account and I know this to be true. you would never go over your budget at work. you know what your numbers at work. if I asked you uh what is your budget for the year, you can just roll that off your tongue, but I asked you what was your um um, your expense budget for your own personal self. You couldn't answer that. Couldn't I answer that? And so, uh, and, and you know why you don't, there's two things. One is your relationship with money, and that usually happens from childhood. And uh, you don't you don't have a happy relationship with it because, you know, if you're raised in certain Folks, you, 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 money is the root of our evil. Well, no, it's the love of money that's the root of our evil, okay, number one. Number two, you have to even know what it is to be able to say yes or no to something. And, um, hey, I am a recovering shopaholic. Um, and so, I, I mean, this is 20 years ago that uh, I recognized that I had emotional spending. And we do things without paying attention, and uh so we gotta pay attention in order to negotiate, so the two go together, all right, you gotta know your numbers, gotta know your numbers, and especially because you're a brand, and you can't i can't you look like, don't wear that shirt tomorrow I know my value, and you don't know what your value is for real, even though your money is not tied to you see so that's the thing people think you know how much people pay you. It's like the people are disrespecting you about your value. No, your value is not based on that. However, you can't even correct somebody if you don't know what that is. Because I'm going here to tell you. And the subtitle of the book that we're concentrating on next quarter is Why You Don't Have to Be Rich to Live Rich. And number two, you actually have more money than you think you do. Because it's not how much money you bring in, it's how much money you spend. And that's why I ask you, what's your budget? So I need you to really look at yourself as if you are a brand, a company, and uh, know your own numbers. And look, you know what I really mean? Do a spreadsheet. Do a spreadsheet. And I don't mean like write down all the bills you just pay. I mean write down all the bills you need to pay first, and then you can see where all your money is going, and then you can make some decisions. Okay, because I'm here to tell you, Freedom is having choices, and choices start knowing what your money is and how to negotiate. And, uh, hey, that's how you advance, to know, to really, just think about it. If, if we were on track, and we would be, We you know how the, the students, they count off, the athletes count on how many steps it would take to, to do whatever they're trying to do, even if you're trying to do the high jump, they have a mark. you got to have a mark. You got to have a mark, but you got to be able to know what your baseline is. So, all that to say, the Advanced Academy is where you need to be. Um, and if this is something that you're interested in, just email me at Smith at info or just inbox me on any of the social medias that we're connected to. Um, I really love what I do, it's a joy to see other people advance. And uh I do want to tell you this though. Um you know, if you email me, uh I will also share with you the 5-day challenge that Jacqueline Twilly has. Uh don't leave money on the uh, on the table because um she actually, you know, you get the all lessons that we did, but she's given a 5-day challenge uh where she's teaching um more in depth. So You really, 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 you know, the funny thing, they say that women can't negotiate. So let us beat that myth, okay? Um, I'm really excited about next week. Congratulations to Latoya Story. She has a sold-out event in Miami next week uh, for the second annual Power Brunch. It's in conjunction with the Super Bowl, but it is on Wednesday. And she's got some phenomenal, I mean some phenomenal panelists and speakers. And I'm going to be there, and I can't wait. I would say you could join me. uh, If you haven't already bought your ticket, though, you can't. But guess what? Because I am there, I'm going to be able to bring it to the garden. Uh, So stay tuned for pictures and quotes and tweets. I just love what I do. But you know what what really got me excited is about Meet These Phenomenal Women that I can meet and get connected with and hopefully bring them to the garden uh, next season Uh, because I'm actually booked until October. But, you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, I listen to what you all say and my students. uh, Some of my former students do listen uh, regularly now. Uh, My students did listen for a class credit but many, many, many start off the class, the introductions, I want to be a sports agent. And uh, so, I again, I've been seeking that. Same reason why any other part of the profession people said they're interested in. You know, I've had people, again, like uh, this month we had sports psychology. Um, and so it's important uh, for you to engage in the group so I know what, it, what, what are your interests. Because many people don't realize or in our business, that athletics is vast, vast in the area of careers you can be in. And so this is where I want us to grow in every facet, whether it be strength conditioning, sports psychology, um, sports agency, sports publicity, uh, all of that, Uh, and that gives me much, much, much joy. So she is sold out, so we need to give her – High five um, on social media because that's a big feat, you all. That's a big feat, especially, um, you know, when you in cities that have so many things going on. And she does have a, there does another event, uh, which I'm not going to announce what that is because Latoya has partnered with us to promote, but the fact that she sold out and there's another similar event going at the same time uh, says a lot about her. Uh, I am traveling. I'm going to do some connecting events across the country um, this semester. I'm not really sure when. I need to get those books in my hand, um, and then I can really pinpoint some dates. Uh, But if you are interested of hosting a connecting event in your city, uh, because I'm trying to tell you, when we have connecting events, things really do grow. They really do the connections that are made um are just tremendous and uh but this time when i when I do my connecting events, I will talk a little bit about my my chapter in my book. It's about removing the face and uh you know like I tell any um anyone bringing something to their attention if you do a blog or something, you know you need to have some action steps you know uh. I'm okay to to relive episodes of your life that were somewhat unpleasant, and then, but you know, the thing you have to be to pinpoint, and I always say three points. I tell her, I say, I tell my preacher friends, if you can't do give me three points, then you know you lost me. I gotta have three points. I gotta walk away with three points. So whenever you bring any kind of a lesson, or or bring about any type of uh, unpleasant. Uh, experiences, you need to have. What's the lesson out of it, and what's the solution that you want people? What action steps you want people to take? So I'm gonna bring my action step with me during my book tour. Okay, I'm gonna bring Dr. Mary Marie Alexander with me, who is a sports psychologist, um, and I just really believe that we as administrators need to embrace. Um, the mental health piece just as much as we're pushing it and championing it for our student athletes, it looks different for us, and in order for it to us to advance, you really got to recognize like I tell about your money, you know even your relationship with money has a lot to do with your mental state because some many of us will use um we, we will use spending as some people use eating. It's emotional, and so you got to get a handle on when are you acting um, on manual, and which when are you acting on auto, meaning your 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 actions are auto, and you're not even paying attention to what's happening. And uh, a uh, psychologist can help you do that. And I would just say those sports psychologists, because they understand our life, many like and and I just I talk about a little bit about this in the book. I did have a crash, mentally and physically, um, and uh, I saw uh, a counselor, and her comment to me was, you need to be around other women like you. Now, for a person who doesn't understand this field, at the time, this was 20 years ago, there weren't many women that were like me, and... uh, And it was uh, it was a struggle. I didn't know it was a struggle because you know when you when you got responsibilities, you carry that load, and you don't even know there's a load on you. And uh, and so, but the solution was to to create a community. And at the time, I was a associate commissioner, and I began to have retreats. And the retreats, again, just like here. It was to share um, best practices on on daily activities as an athletic administrator. But it was also to help them define their roles because back in those days, you were SWA, you didn't know what that meant. And so uh, we began to connect and grow and uh, share resources. And I had, again, and uh, God rest her soul, And I don't know if I mentioned this before on the air, but uh, I had a mentor that was God sent, Dr. Carolyn Walker-Hines. And if you speak to any woman that was in the CIAA in the 90s and the 2000s, she was our facilitator for our retreats, and she would have turtles. And uh, and she would leave turtles with us as a reminder of our time together. And uh, what the turtle stood for was in order to advance, uh, to get ahead, uh, just like the turtle, you could stay within your shell to be protected or you can stick your neck out and move forward. And in order to move forward, the turtle must have his neck out of the shell. You must take a risk. And um, that has been powerful. Um, And when I shared the news of her passing um, last month, many, 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 many of the women said, I wouldn't be the woman or the leader, the wife, the mother that I am without her. So even though we're talking about the skill set of your work, it is all of you encompassed and uh you know, many say I still have a turtle on my desk. Um and so those kind of impactful pieces, uh, that, that began twenty years ago and I just take that to the airways here on a a garden. So that being said, um the airways now I'm trying to come to your city and have something of, of a connection within your city of other women from the garden and to share my book, and to share the resources of Dr. Mari Alexander. Uh, so, if this is something that you're interested in, please email me at Monique A. J. Smith at Seeds of info. That's Seeds S. E. E. D. S of Empowerment.info. With love, love, love. Uh, to come to your city and connect. Um, um, we have a, a media partner who has been with us for at least, I would say, two quarters now. And uh, I just I cannot wait. And she's, she's going to launch this thing. Um, but until she has it 100% virtually, uh, she's willing to as- assist you. That's Michelle McKinney. Of third degree solutions excel at the career services for student athletes. Um, she has been doing a lot of work in the Raleigh area, and uh, and so, but she does know that the podcast is a national uh, reach, and so she's actually looking for some uh, pilots to do the virtual piece. She wants to really help you uh, create a career center just for your student-athletes because she's been doing that for the general population, for career services, for universities, uh, I would definitely say within the East Coast. And she wants to do that for you all. And and she spoke to me about it, and I said, well, you know, they would really love to, but they just don't have the resources, meaning the bodies of the times. I said, you might want to create a virtual wheelhouse to be able to do that and she said, Oh, that's a great idea. So that does take some time in the midst of you doing your, your normal piece. And so if you if you would like to be used as a beta um client, uh, to to uh for her to test out this virtual piece, give her a call at nine one nine two seven one eight three five one. Again that's nine one nine two seven one eight three Five one. Well, today's guest. Now I have got a. Uh, I should have made this like a trivia question, but I'm not. Um, but you know what? I will do something. If you post on here what I said today about where did I meet Keena Smith, who was our guest today, um, and not the fact you just can't say uh, women leaders and you just can't say uh, at the NCAA, you've got to be able to really break that down. And we just got, I mean, for me, it's a historical moment. Um, so Keena Smith is a senior associate athletic director at Western Michigan University. Uh, she's had several, several stops. But one of the stops that was pretty significant, I feel, in her life uh, was uh, serving championships for the NCAA. And she and I have an experience that will go down in history. We were at the very first NCAA bowling championship. Um, I was there as a conference uh, individual, and I felt a little ownership because, uh, I mean, I felt like knowing the art, to be honest with you. I presented to the presidents that we needed to make it mandatory to all our schools at Bowling. And I said, you know, if we have all 12 of our schools, then the NCAA will have enough to have a national championship. And uh, we will be one of the few to be at least we have one team in national championship. Guess what? We did. And so I was able to attend and, and be there in Houston, Texas, and uh, to see uh, Miss Smith in action, uh, and believe me, whenever you try to do something new, uh, it is trial by fire. And I saw her whip whip that whole thing into into uh, fruition, and uh, I am just so glad. And I need to make sure that she is on before I introduce it one hundred percent. But Yeah, that to me, I mean, I know because I actually had a conference championship without having a NCAA uh, championship. So that was one of the things that was interesting to try to create um, on the spot. And so to see her uh, create it and follow through with grace, people, with grace, because you already know. (laughs) <laughs> when you're doing something new, the stress level can hit you and you don't even know your voice is rising. So I am so excited about bringing Kena Smith to the garden. Welcome to the garden, Kena. Hi. Good morning. Good
1: morning.
2: Good morning. Um, Yeah, you, you know what? You just brought up a bunch of memories with that bowling championship. Uh, people don't know. I mean, a tornado hit the city. We lost power. It was a lot. I
1: missed that
2: part. Oh yeah, that first championship. The tornado came through Houston, um, and we lost power. The whole side of the city lost power, and we ended up having to hook up the bowling lanes themselves to the TV generator truck to finish to keep the championship going. Whoa! It was uh, it was it was it was something, but we survived.
0: Oh, my Lord. So this had to be,
2: because I was only
0: there for one day. So this yeah, had to no, be. No, it was,
2: that was the championship day. It was uh, oh. It was challenging.
0: The championship like three days. So, yeah, I yeah. missed all of mm-hmm. that.
2: Yeah, that was the finals day.
0: Oh, my Lord. Mhm. It was something. So can we <laughs> send the America worker, you? No. i call myself, Noah. I won't call you the American
2: worker. Oh, man, it was, it was, I remember now, like, it was, it was quite, it was quite an adventure, Um, and there was no lights out, so the bowling center itself um, was completely dark, was pitch, there was no lights anywhere else, because all the power was out, so we only had the TV lights on the the lanes we were using, and um, the lanes themselves were the only things, uh, and the scoreboard was the only thing we were working, everything else was off, so, Including the air conditioning, so it got very hot. And it got very hot in there as well. <laughs> but you know <laughs> we lived we lived to fight on, we crowned a champion and <laughs> we we did it again the next year, so
0: But you know what? Here's the interesting thing. You know, I mean we had social media, not as big as it is now. Right. But no one you know, you know, now if people make anything a big deal or anything yeah. People were just so happy to have a championship and they call themselves student-athletes. That's the part I get so excited about. I mean,
1: That's you
0: true. know, to, just to have women to know that you, you we've increased your opportunity. So yes. congratulations yes. to you for making it happen. <laughs> well,
2: it, well, it wasn't just me. It was a lot of people, but I was I was very, very proud. Um, of that championship and it's kept going and I've been to several since uh, I left the NCAA um, and it's and it's awesome like it's awesome to see a different sport you know I've been in being in athletics for so long we feel like we've been to just about every type of game mm-hmm. or contest there is and um, to have something so different come in and be successful um, is is really is really special so I always have a special place in my heart for bowling
0: me too so let's start with your journey from college to your current position.
2: Um, oh, man. So uh, you are not kidding. I have uh, been a few places. Uh, fortunately <laughs> for me, I, I, actually my career started in college. Um, I was uh, at Miami University where I went to school. I worked for the men's basketball team, and I basically did what basketball operations is now, but that was before mm-hmm. it was actually a job. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> I did it for free, and and but uh, and ran around for you know five years. Even in graduate school, that's what I did. I was ended up being a graduate assistant for men's basketball um, and doing a lot of basic. It really is the exact same job: booking travel, booking meals, running camps, doing that sort of mm-hmm. thing for mm-hmm. um, men's basketball. But when I got out, you know, parents are like, "You got to get a job. You got to do something." So I uh, I found a job working at Indiana Special Olympics where I was the coordinator of training for coaches and student-athletes and basically trained uh, the coaches and the officials, excuse me, to um, teach and officiate their uh, sport uh, and -hmm. then put on some events uh, for them as well. Also, Special Olympics, if you didn't know, has one of the largest uh, bowling championships, uh, at least in Indiana. It takes up four 88-lane facilities, so it's it's quite something, yeah. Uh, But then I realized I wanted to – I missed that college athletics Piece. So I took an internship with Conference USA, uh, and that was back in the early days. I think that was only like the second year of Conference USA, so it was a completely different uh, uh, set of schools, and we were uh, based in Chicago. Mm. Um, and I was a Championships and Compliance intern. Uh, I met some wonderful, wonderful people, including one of my big mentors, uh, Brenda Weir.
0: Yeah, the, we started head on head the head board together,
2: to but uh, learned a lot. Yeah. Learned a lot from her. Um,
0: fabulous person.
2: Yes. Um, sorry. And I am and then let went to work at Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina, as an academic advisor okay. uh, for student athletes. And I um, again learned a lot there as well. Learned a lot how about how to manage uh, schedules and people. Uh, but uh-huh. then went back to Conference USA in the championships uh, area. Um, Stayed there for a few more years and then made my way to the NCAA, working in championships. Uh, was there for six years. Worked on, oh gosh, I don't even know how many <laughs> uh, different championships at this point, but had like really kind of five to eight uh, a year. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. It was a lot different back then than it is now, um, which is better.
0: Uh uh-huh.
2: Um. But I, I learned a lot about how to put on a, like a really high-quality event, um, and, and making and planning for that and so forth. Left there and got called back to my alma mater to help them uh, work on their kind of event management area. Mm-hmm. Stayed at Miami for nine and a half years when I progressed from an assistant assistant AD for event management to uh, the chief operations officer. So I was overseeing. Um, and events and facilities and camps and um, marketing and ticketing and uh, wow. spirit groups and a couple of our teams and everything. Yeah, so I just had, I had a, I had a lot of things, I had a lot of balls in the air there, so uh, did that for a while and um, then um, transitioned over to the Mountain West, also doing, also doing championships work, so I have a lot of background in, like, event management,
0: uh-huh.
2: um, uh, working with people. Uh, putting on, putting on things, putting on events uh, of all kinds. Everything from games. Uh, one thing I learned is w- usually when you're the event management person, you end up putting on more than just the events, uh, oh. or more than just uh, athletic competitions. Uh, so done, have done everything from you know statue presentations to um, funerals. Even it's just been one, wow. from one thing to another. Uh, you learn a lot about just putting those types of events on and making sure that uh, things run well and then uh, you know I got a call actually from uh, my, one of my former bosses who said hey there's this job in western Michigan I think they could use your help uh, you might want to check into it and uh, I did and I knew I had known Kathy uh, Beauregard who's the AD here and she's been here 40 years amazingly enough um, and she, I, I knew of her and spoke to her, and honestly, from the first time I met her, I was just like, oh yeah, I want to work with this lady, so um, wonderfully ended up uh, getting the job here, and now just trying to help make things better in Kalamazoo, so uh, I oversee a variety of areas from um, our facilities and events departments uh, to marketing to equipment and uh, most of our women's teams. and I assist with football and do a lot of different things. So basically I just fill in wherever I wherever there needs to be help or organization. I take care of mostly um, the more operational slash business side. Um, mm-hmm. We have another uh, – our deputy AD handles most of the student-athlete development uh, pieces.
0: So mm-hmm.
2: that's I just try to help and do what I can to make us better.
0: And how long have you been there?
2: I have been here uh, – Almost a year and a half now, so since uh, August of
0: 2018. All right. Well, got questions for you. You know, I got questions. Okay. All right. So let's let's let it rip. Okay. So, um, Bria Robinson, Assistant AD for Leadership uh, Diversity at Mm -hmm. Miami University. Girl, let me put my glasses back on. Okay. Why did you decide to go to a conference office, and what did you learn about yourself professionally doing that experience
2: well um i'll say here's what I'll say. I started really at a conference office. my first um real gig uh, as that uh, compliance and championships intern was at a conference office so mm-hmm. i what i learned um again, you get more time to Having a background in event management, you get more time to plan things Mm -hmm. out when you're at a conference office because you know when the events coming. They're not every day; they're just certain times of a year. Of the year, Mm
1: -hmm. you learn
2: that's where you really learn in the conference office. You really learn how to um, manage groups, and because you'll have coaches meetings that have all these different kinds of personalities, and I mean they don't get together that often. They don't sometimes they don't know each other that well, so getting Mm -hmm. them all to be on the same page and work together uh, is something that you definitely learn working at a conference office. And I'll tell you, the, one of the benefits of being at a conference office is it's definitely more of an eight-to-five type job. You yeah. um, have a little bit more freedom uh, in, your daily, in your daily life uh, versus being on campus, but you don't get that daily interaction with student-athletes and coaches, which you get more of being on campus.
0: So i want to have a follow-up question. Uh, okay. What about the national office? What's the difference between a conference office and a national office?
2: So a co- the co- the national office is even more is more corporate. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess if you picture what you think of is what is, what it's like working at an, in an athletic department, mm-hmm. um, working at a conference office is a little bit more removed from that, a little bit more corporate, a little bit more busy. Working at the national office is that to the extreme. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: you really, I mean, you very you very rarely see student athletes and coaches because you only see them either at the national championship or at the, a meeting that you would have with them, and usually for any sport that's only once a year. Um, and that's if you get together in person. So a lot of times uh, a lot of stuff is done via phone call and whatever, so you don't really get to see those folks. Um, mm-hmm. It's much more... There's a lot more office politics and a lot more corporate, and in, uh, corporate involvement about what you have to do. A lot more bureaucracy um, uh, when it comes to working at the national office. Uh, but the the perks are impressive. Uh, they are. Uh, it, it's probably as far as like benefits and what you get for working on your job. The national office is the best place I've ever worked uh, for that sort of sort of, sort of scenario. And again, it's a little bit more um, nine to five based. You have a little bit, you have more flexibility in your schedule. Um, again, just like being in a conference office. Um, but I do the one thing about be, working at the national office too is that there's money. So now, pretty much every place you work in college athletics, if you're not working at a major school with unlimited resources, which there are few and few and far between of those, uh, the NCAA has money to do the things that they need to be done. so there's mm-hmm. never a situation where something needs to happen and we can't do it because we don't have the money. Mm. so that's that's really and that again that's really nice it's helpful you're able to do what you need you're able to do what you need to do now you may not get everything like everything you want, but you get everything that you need, which in some cases on campuses and at conference offices. Sometimes you don't get everything that you need because there just simply isn't the resources there, and that the other piece of that is the people. You have people to help you get those things done at the national office, whereas you may not have that. You may not have that luxury um, in a conference or on campus.
0: Well, let's help some folks out. So if okay. that sounds like the dream job. Why did you leave the dream job? Well,
2: again, when I was doing it. So we, we didn't have – the championship staff, I think, has maybe doubled since I left. So when Perfect. I was doing it, you had anywhere from five to eight championships a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Conversely, now most people have two to three a year. Oh, okay. So five to eight means you're on the road, you're traveling 150 days a year or so. Mm-hmm. That's a lot.
1: hmm
2: and um you were, i just wanted to like i remember when i left there i was like i just want to sleep in my own bed <laughs> like <for a> week. <laughs> you know like not not have to go somewhere because and because the the long-term planning so not only are you taking care of the championships that are happening that year you're also doing right. site visits and things for future championships so it's just it was just a never ending it was a never-ending cycle of um travel. And so that just really kind of wore me, that just really kind of wore me out. Um, But they have changed that since. And so now I believe most people only have two or three championships, Mm -hmm. and which I think is much more doable. If that was the case, I probably never would have left because I'm from Indianapolis and that's where it is. Like, I probably never would have left.
0: Well, people need to understand that because, you know, people, oh, you just traveling, oh, you just love that. Uh, And anything can... Overused become a a negative, and so yeah, it,
2: yeah. You uh, and again, you just have to uh, to in order, in order to like live your life. That it, and and maybe it was just me, but for me, that kind of travel was just too much. It really, yeah. it just got to be too much.
0: I can agree. I mean, being a a, a social commissioner is very similar because mm-hmm. uh, you're planning and you're doing site visits. and, But but it is, uh, I mean, I could just tell people I will not be um, joining you for Thanksgiving.
2: Right. Oh, you know? yeah. All, I mean, all, all kind of holidays.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. so that's post-season play. Right. Because that's,
2: that's what people don't get. When people who don't work in athletics, you know, find out what I do, usually like when I go to like high school reunions and things like that, it's kind of yeah. cute because they're all like, Oh my gosh, you work in sports, that's so cool. And I'm like, I love sports, I'd love to do what you do and I'm like, Really? Do you love it? Because Right. When you were right, talking right. to me about loving it. Like if you want to stand in the sleet at a field hockey game Yes. Then then talk to me. Because what you really love is sitting on your couch and watching football. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Say it. That's two it, very girl. different things from what I do.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, let me get uh I'm gonna get, get to okay. two more questions and then I'm gonna take a break. Stephanie Davis, Assistant AD, Event Management, University of Minnesota. She doesn't have a question, but she says she appreciates your stance on puppy therapy. Can you (laughs) elaborate on that?
2: (laughs) Well, um, people who know me know I am a a very big dog person. I uh, pretty much like most dogs more than most people. I am that person. So Mm -hmm. I believe that... I believe a couple things. Number one, I think that there should be, <laughs> I think that like every athletic department, conference office, and honestly, wherever you work, there should be like a day a week where somebody brings a dog or puppy in because the stress level, mm. the, and really, this because your stress level goes so much down um, when you are petting or around a dog. I also encourage like everybody who, if you work in, if you work in sports. To have something, and if it's a dog, and some people aren't dog people, some people are cat people, whatever. But bring, but have, have a dog because a lot of us are single. We don't, uh, we don't have families, but there's a, this is a reason for you to go home because you can, you can mm-hmm. work yourself to death. You can stay in the office till mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten o'clock every night and come back at seven in the morning, and you can keep doing that so long to you burn yourself out and you're no good to anyone mm-hmm. um having a dog i believe makes makes you go home because you have mm-hmm. to let them out and you have to feed them and you have to walk them and it also helps you kind of balance puts a little balance in your life forces you to have balance in your life um and i'm like i even here though i bring my i'll always bring my dogs you know when our teams get a little stressed out they've got a big competition coming up or right before final I mean school's doing it now they bring dogs in for like finals week because it just helps you manage. It helps you manage your stress, and because you can't really be stressed out and you can't really be unhappy. In my, if you're petting, if you're petting a dog and the dog is looking you like, you just, it's just one of those things. So, um, I am a firm believer in bringing and bringing, uh, having dogs around and having puppies around at any occasion. Uh, honestly uh you can be in the middle of a conversation with me and a dog walks by and I will completely <laughs> stop. I am uh unfortunately that kind of person.
0: Well, um you kinda answered my question, but I just want to give a shout out to Andrea Williams, the C O O of the college football player. Yeah. Talking about event management. Woo-hoo. Girl, I was watching that game. I kinda go Andrea, Go Andrea, go <laughs> Andrea but uh, she wants to know how you balance work, travel, and being an awesome dog mom.
2: Well, I um, I'm very I'm very blessed that my my parents are live close by, and they uh, come up and watch my dogs um, when I when I do have to go. I don't have to travel near as much as I used to. Um, and Kathy, my boss is really uh, really great. So if I have to stay later, we have a game or whatever, I usually run home. Uh, some at some point during the day, and either let them out or play them out. I I've set it up. I have a nice fenced-in yard and all the stuff at my house, so that's pretty easy. But I let them out, play with them, and then come back to work. Uh, I did when I was at Miami uh, towards the end. I used to t- I used to bring my dog with me to work, um, mm. and uh, uh, she was a golden retriever. She was very well behaved. People came by and like visited with her and. Um, you know, sometimes the kids would come by and take her on a walk or throw the ball with her, so it was all uh, it, it was good. so I, I really do I mean it's like you do anything else. you just have to place a priority on, you know, I know my dogs need to be taken care of. and sometimes they you know, when they go to the vet or whatever, um, you know, I'll get some time off and take them and and come back and do your work. I think that most most uh, bosses or supervisors are, as long as you're doing, you're getting your stuff done and you're getting things done ahead of time, they don't really have an issue with you, um, you know, taking care of your pretty much at home responsibilities. Which for me, are my dogs. So, that's kind of what I do.
0: Well, thank you for that. We're going to take a really a short break here on a chat in the garden with Monique A. J. Smith on Survival Radio Network. When we return, we continue chatting with Kena.
1: This is Michelle McKinney, the owner of Third Degree Solutions. I would like to introduce you to our program, Excel After Sports, where we are a career services for the athletes. Our goal is to create well-rounded athletes and to aid them to be successful on and off the field. Our mission is to prepare them for the evolution of their next. We accomplish this by creating a series of professional development workshops tailored to the athletes. We know that an athlete's time is limited, so we'll work with you and your teams to tailor a schedule that fits everybody's needs. So please contact me, Michelle McKinney, at 3rd Degree Solutions, 919-271-8351, the career services for your athletic department, as we aid you and your team to excel after sports.
2: Hi, this is Eric Smith, also known as the Financial Literacy Coach or the Money Coach. You know, financial literacy is the one life skill that every single one of your students is going to need in life. Without financial literacy, their life will be much more difficult, but with it, it's going to be much better. And there's no one better to increase financial literacy than the Financial Literacy Coach. We can be reached at area coach 770-527-527. Four three eight zero by email at eric at Coach dot com. One more time by phone that's area code seven seven zero five two seven four three eight zero and by email eric at Coach
0: dot com. I wish you the best.
1: Hi, are you frustrated at work? Do you want to know how to position yourself for promotion?
0: then Queen's Moves is the workshop for you. Why? Because as women, we need to know our value, be confident in our options, and seize opportunities when they come along, just like a well-played queen in the game of chess. My name is Michelle Larkin of Yumi Connections, and I have developed this online workshop to teach you how to think strategically, develop a personal strategy, build confidence, and create professional momentum. I encourage you to visit queentomove.net for more details and more information about signing up and registering. This course will equip and inspire you to move like the queen that you are. Classes start November 1st.
1: Royal Court for Us, established in 2017, is a jewelry and apparel company. Our bracelets and clothing designs use vibrant colors and come with their own purpose and meaning. Our company focused on empowering, inspiring, unifying, and reminding each other that we come from royalty, that we are strong and powerful, and it's imperative that we support each other. So check us out on Instagram at Royal Court for Us or our website at www.royalcourtforus.com.
0: 14 years as a professional athlete, and I never once went into a game without a plan.
2: But when it came to the money game, I had no clue where to start. If you're feeling the same way, I would like to help you evaluate, plan, and execute your way to victory in your finances. I'm Nakia Sanford, Regional Vice President with Primerica Financial Services. Give me a call, 404-940-9887.
0: That's 404-940-9887. It helps to have a pro on your
1: team. Why do colleges support student-athletes pursuing every profession except professional sports? Why are they treated as the students when they're athletes, knowing that they need help surviving the lights? I'm Tawana Smith, and as a former Division I and pro athlete and now best-selling author, I've created a transition system specifically for student-athletes called Surviving the Lights. For more information, visit www.survivingthelights.com to learn how we can change the game together.
0: Welcome back. I'm your host, Monique A.J. Smith, here on Survival Radio Network, where significance blooms in athletics and sports. Okay, so I'm going to try to get all these questions in. All right? Okay. All right. uh, Danielle Lynch, a head track and field coach at Penn State Harrisonburg. Um, Career-wise, what was an unexpected challenge that you faced what was an aha moment, your career-wise, where things began to uh, clock, clock in and fall into place? And working in male-dominated industry, can you advise on being authentic self?
2: Um, well, having a background in event management, unexpected challenges happen all the time. So uh, <laughs> I found it best uh, the way that I deal with it best is to number one, make sure you have a good plan. Um, so that when unexpected things happen, you can deal with those and everybody knows um, what's happening. As far as like, my career goes, um, I think that uh, one of the things that I realized at one of the jobs that I had was that the, my counterparts were being paid significantly less than I was, and I, didn't, I wasn't even aware of this. Um, but I had one of my other, one of my other colleagues, was fighting for me to uh, be paid more and I didn't even know it was happening. Mm. So um, really showing me the importance of having advocates be there for you even when you're not in the room and having other people fight for you when you're not there and then when you're in that position being fighting for other folks that um, are doing uh, doing their jobs well but maybe either not being compensated or not being recognized in the way that they should be. So. Um, I think that kind of, uh, maybe that sums up the two of those questions there. Um, as far as being my authentic self, uh, those people who know me, <laughs> and I'm sure my former bosses will tell you, I really don't have a choice <laughs> but to be uh, myself. I, I am sure that um, I, I'm pretty blunt uh, and pretty straight to where there's not a lot of sugar coating. Uh, when, uh, when people ask me questions, I tell them. Uh, what I believe is the truth, or my opinion about something, and I don't really um, dress it up. Now I have learned better to manage up uh, and find times to, you know, give your boss the not so great news that that such a something happened or didn't, or didn't go the way that we had planned. But uh, I think that I have always been very honest and very true uh to who I am as a person and what I believe. And so that has been pretty easy for me because I think people expect that from me now, so I don't have to I don't have to really try to be somebody else. I can just be my uh be myself all the time because that's what people are expecting. Because I've never been anything else.
0: Okay. Nikita Robbins Thompson of Delaware State. What tips would you recommend for a young woman new to this field? And what books have you read that shape your leadership style? And what and what women do you admire and pattern yourself after?
2: Um, tips I would recommend, number 1, the biggest one, be patient. You are not going to be recognized the first time or the first five times you do something right or well. Mm-hmm. You have to I think everybody thinks that, oh, if I just put on this one big thing or if I do this one thing right, then I'll get promoted or I'll get – and that is really not how it works. You have to be patient um, and trust and believe that your time is coming and keep doing doing your job and your responsibilities well. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's what I would recommend. Um, Books that I've read, I I love all the John Gordon books. I think that they are – Easy. They're quick. They're easy reads. They're quick reads, and they're really practically applicable. So I I really Mm -hmm. like I really like his books. I also like um, Expect to Win by Carla Harris, Mm -hmm. Sticky Teams by Larry Osborne, and then Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. Those would be my Mm -hmm. top like kind of leadership. And really, one of my big leadership things is like you got to know yourself before you can lead anybody else. Mm -hmm. So. Make sure that you know who you are and what kind of leader and what your strengths are, and what you can bring to the table, so that you can hopefully um, help lead others. Um, and then, women that I admire or pattern myself after, I was, like I mentioned before, Brenda. We're um, although. I could never be as confident as one of those people that just even keel all the time. I am mm. so not that person. <laughs> I wish I could be. Uh, but uh, I, I do like her. I, um, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn uh, to be more like Kathy, uh, who I work with now. And uh, really one of the things, you know, my most of my life I uh, didn't really think that I could be an athletic director because I didn't see – Athletic, uh, other athletic directors like me, and I don't mean, mm-hmm. like, I didn't see a lot of black women or, or that sort of thing. I meant that they didn't have my type of personality. Well, Kathy probably has more personality than I do, which that um, kind of gives me some hope as to believing that it can be done and you don't have to be kind of the stiff, stodgy, you know, uh, one type of monotone type person uh mm-hmm. to be the ad so um uh she would be another one Jeannie Poncetto would be another one um i was very fortunate to have a lot of really strong um women uh in my life especially in my younger years they were who were my bosses and mentors and supervisors and uh i was i was blessed to be around them so i try to emulate them as much as i
0: can okay um I have a question that I really can't read the whole thing, um, oh. but I think I'll get the gist of it. Um, okay. Um, Chris Jones, Associate AD for Major Gifts at Temple, uh, he talks about uh, uh, everyone seems to be okay with diversity with entry in mid-management-level um, position. However, for senior-level in athletics, you don't see nearly as many black women. Uh, this... Uh, Accepted as decision makers. What is your thoughts on that?
2: Well, um, yeah, you, you're, uh, <laughs> you're you're uh you're probably you, you're probably right on that. There there aren't a lot of uh there are not a lot of black women in those um re, uh, I guess really like the upper two or three uh, people in the athletic department. I would say that, number one, it, it, it comes back down to the athletic director themselves, and they have mm-hmm. to be able to trust um, the person. It, those top senior positions, those are really the backbone of what that person is trying to get accomplished, so they have to really trust that person. And getting to know, and, and the way they do that is getting to know either getting to know that person through working with them or having other people that they trust recommend that person. So it's – and, like, again, I can't go back. You've got to have advocates that Mm -hmm. are willing to fight for you and represent you in the room when you're not there. Um, I think that 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 will help people – that will help women and uh, minority women get in a higher position. I think that also – Again, it's patience. It takes time. It's not. It's not something that happens very easily or quickly. Mm-hmm. It's going to. It's going to take years and years and years for that to happen. And I know that it has. It's um, that. It's that. It has been years, but you. We've got to. We just have to keep going and keep pressing forward and keep um, doing our best work and putting our best foot forward, um, and and just helping our departments in whatever way, whatever your role is in the athletic department. Make sure you're doing it to the best of your ability, um, and eventually you will be rewarded for that. Um, I truly do believe that. I know that some people think that, oh well, I get jumped over, passed over all the time, but uh, again, your day your day is coming. You just have you do have to be patient for it.
0: That's good. Um, and Elenisha uh, Curry, the first female assistant basketball coach at Division One university. She has a very similar question, but I think your answer would go with that. She says, what is your reaction to response where all the women coaches in the New York Times? Would you say the same thing?
2: Well, um, that's accurate. I I I read that article, actually. I still have it up on my phone. Um, I read it a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I know a lot of women are not going into or staying in the coaching profession. They'll start off an assistant and they'll leave because of the hours and the time commitment and whatnot, and you just can't, it's very hard to live a life um, and be a coach. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't have the solution other than, yeah, it's just like, the it's just like I've been saying, it takes, it's patience, it takes time, you have to stay, you have to stay in it. I see so many of our young women coaches leaving coaching, and we've got to find a way to make that, um, more appealing but, but but we also can't have you know, every coach bringing their kids on every tr- road trip and every recruiting trip either so how do we make how can we make this work mm. and I, I really don't I wish I had a better I wish I had a solution but I I really don't and so I that is a struggle that we have got to overcome we've got to find a way to put women back in our coaching positions for sure
0: well thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today
2: well, thank you so much for having me, Monique. I really appreciate
0: it. And as I would really like to thank Christina Lockley for stepping in for our CEO, Clark Garrison, sending out prayers to him, to the Brandify and Nikki Curry for identifying this great opportunity. Join us next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time for updates on showcasts and podcasts. Follow us on Facebook's A Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith. Have a significant day.
2: Thank you.